1: Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Art Box, and today we are at the Marjorie Barrick Museum of Art on the campus of University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Rayette's with me today.
2: I am. I'm happy to be here. Uh, This is actually where I got my master's and my undergraduate degree in anthropology, so I'm back on my campus you're back home mm-hmm.
0: and we have who's become our friend over the last months as we were well you two probably have known each other for a while yes
2: we've known each other yeah. a few years
0: but my friend over the last few months is paige bachman and i know paige now because we went out on the land art project and ram maybe yes. you want to talk a little bit about that first
2: sure so the nonprofit nevadan's for cultural preservation is putting together an art exhibition along with the Barrick museum and we received funding from the nevada arts council and humanities our exhibition is focused on land art that is historic now that's in the area of las vegas and so we went out to a couple different areas to visit those pieces and then We had ten artists that created their own works in response to that, and
0: that's why we're here. But we have Paige Mm -hmm. here to talk about that, but not just about that. I think Paige has an interesting life, an interesting (laughs) job that we probably all want her job. (laughs) Maybe Paige, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, and one more thing: we are at the Barrack. It's a museum, and it's open, and in the lobby, and there's dogs coming through, and there's people coming through and there's workers
2: coming mm-hmm. through.
3: Yes, it's raining outside, it's raining in Vegas, so people are
2: coming inside to escape the rain. And the, the barracks a free museum too, so mm-hmm. spring break, it's come on down and, and see what they have here, and we're not the only exhibition at the museum right now. So there's always rotating things to see. Yeah. So Paige, you want to tell us about yourself?
3: Yeah, I am the Collections and Exhibitions Manager here at the Barrick Museum. I have been in this position or some kind of form of this position since 2015. And for a year before that, I was a volunteer. I am originally from Nebraska where I grew up and went to my undergrad at Creighton University in Omaha. And then I moved out to Nevada to do my master's degree at the same program that Rayette did. So I have my master's in anthropology with a concentration in archeology. span And it was when I was doing that master's program that I both started uh, volunteering here and then was eventually hired and that's also how i met rayette because i was um doing i did an internship with the state historical preservation office when rayette was working there with the site stewardship program and yeah that's kind of been my inroads to the arts community here in las vegas and the kind of preservation archaeology community as well and i just i haven't left there's something about the desert. I would say that I enjoyed that there's no snow, except for that it has been snowing with upsetting regularity the last month. Um.
0: <laughs> I know it's been yeah, but even in the mountains.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You didn't have to shuffle or anything.
3: No, that is true. I have not had to You know, far from, you know, digging out my car like I had to, you know, every day before high school, you know. Oh,
0: that's, you know, that's the whole Nebraska thing.
3: Yeah. (laughs) When I was applying to grad schools, I was applying specific to
2: specifically to places that uh, did not snow. I did the same thing being from Alaska Mm -hmm. and it was, I didn't leave here either. I've been here 20 years, so I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I no longer want to dig my car out every morning
0: half the year. Paige, did you have some brothers and sisters?
3: Yes. I am the uh, forgotten middle child, um, <laughs> I have an older brother and a younger sister, now five nieces and nephews. Oh my. Um, yeah. And they're all back home in Nebraska. I'm the only one who's left. And,
0: and you, you just shared a picture of one of your nieces? Yes. By that's, a waterfall.
3: Yes. That is the youngest one. So I've got three nieces, two nephews, and they're, oh gosh, 13, nine, five, four. Going to be two on Sunday. Oh. That's the youngest one is going to be two on Sunday.
0: Yeah, Do you think your family will listen and they'll be like, she remembered?
3: Maybe if I send it to them or they'll <laughs> be like, I don't know. I think I got the youngest, my brother's youngest one's age wrong. I think she's seven, nine, you're, 13. You're, nine, Uh-oh. seven, we'll have to edit that out. So yeah, they don't catch you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get like an angry, like I'm seven now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so when you came out here from Nebraska, <clears throat> did you like pack up your car with all your stuff and just move out here and through caution to the wind?
3: Um, yeah, it was really stressful actually moving out here. Um, I'm from a fairly small town in Nebraska and my whole family is kind of still there, still relatively close. Like 30 minutes is the furthest away (laughs) they all are from each other. My grandparents, one set of grandparents literally lives like seven houses down the street. Uh-huh. Um, from my parents. It was really hard to move so far away and lose kind of like that whole built-in support network. And the first, I'd say my first semester here was awful. Um, just kind of trying to adjust to that. And it wasn't really until I started volunteering here my sec- at the beginning of my second semester of grad school because I was like, I gotta do something else. You know, I need to do something that connects me to something else in in the community. And I also very quickly in grad school realized that I did not want to go into academia. And I was like, okay, what else do you do with an archaeology degree if it's not academia? And you're like, well, CRM or museums. I was like, well, there's this museum like right behind the anthropology buildings, and so I volunteered here, and that was kind of the end to the arts community. Because I think uh, there's a misconception. I think that there is, you know, no arts community, or that it's difficult to find here in Vegas. And I think if you're if you don't know where to look, that can be true. The Barrick is really kind of a nexus of the arts community here in Vegas. So that was really my introduction to people. And that was, you know, working here was really my uh, introduction
2: and the foundation of a community here in Vegas. Yeah, so I remember early on in you working at the Barrick, you would contact me over at the State Historic Preservation Office to ask me um, just some basic questions that I could answer about Mm -hmm. some of the collections that you have here, so can you talk a little bit about how, even though it's called the Marjorie Barrick Museum of Art, um, what kinds of other things uh, is the museum known for?
3: Yeah. So we're actually, when the university celebrated its like 50th anniversary or the museum, I think celebrated its 40th. I think it's only like 10 years younger than the university itself. The building that we're housed in is the original gymnasium for the university. So if you look at kind of the the earliest photos of campus, there's Maude Fraser Hall, which is no longer here. (laughs) They've demolished it. There's Grant Hall over by the Arts Building, which uh, I think the arts students are praying gets demolished soon. Um, And they have plans to demolish. And then they have this building, which was the original gymnasium. And if you're a Viva Las Vegas fan, um, parts of Viva Las Vegas were filmed in here and on the gym floor. And so this building has gone through many, many lives, many kind of repurposing kind of stages. And so when it was kind of renovated to house the museum, UNLV Museum, before it was Marjorie Barrick, was originally a natural history museum. It was, lived most of its life as a natural history museum, And in, I think around 2011, 2010, 2011, they decided to close down the museum for some renovation and also to switch the mission of the museum to uh, contemporary art or fine art, which is quite the U-turn in mission. A lot of the material was Deaccessioned or transferred to other institutions, but there was still a lot of material that was maybe um, harder, didn't have as clear of records, which makes it more difficult. That is still here. That is part of my job as collections manager is to work to bring the collection, more, you know, in line with the current mission. And so, a lot of what I do is looking through that kind of older archaeological material or natural history material and try to find a more appropriate home for it. So yeah, talking to you at um, the SHPO office or other kind of federal land management agencies, you know, if I find a marking or something, on it and figure out what site it is, some material is, and then, you know, talking to you and be like, who, what agency is in charge of this site, you know, then I can contact them and be like, hi, I have material from a site that's on your land. Do you want it? You know, can I transfer it to wherever your repository is? Because you have jurisdiction over it kind of thing. That's a lot of the investigating that I do.
0: And we were looking at it today. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. You've got quite a bit back there, and it's magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when when it when the mission of the gallery changed to fine arts from anthropology or yeah. archaeology, was there a clash of the departments? I assume there's. Well, I know because you both graduated here with anthropology degrees. Yeah. Was there the anthropology department said no? And the fine arts department said yay, or was there a um, push and pull?
3: No, I don't think so, because I think that was more kind of institutional, kind of above my pay grade of like what department or like under what part of the umbrella the museum itself. Fell within the university, and for a long time, I think we were under um connected more under like the Harry Reid Center for Environmental Sciences. I don't think we were ever really associated with the anthropology department at all, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. That's you consider your
0: would, collection, right? Yeah,
3: but I think we were very much under like the Harry Reid department, and I believe for environmental sciences,
2: yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but um, the Harry Reid Center also was kind of a repository for when the archaeology department and other folks went out and did excavations and removed materials. They went to the Harry Reid Center, and because the Harry Reid Center was connected to the museum, that may have been how the museum ended up with some of their collections, and that practice stopped. a while ago before i even came to unlv which i came in like 2003 so they weren't using it as that repository and then there was a grant project to take those materials and then redistribute them back to the agencies and stuff where the who managed that land and then those ended up in like the museum in reno the nevada state museum and Mm -hmm. they have um, materials over at the natural history museum as well Mm -hmm. so that It was kind of interesting to see how how that came about the yeah. page has a little fragment of that left here and yeah <laughs> in the arts museum so it's kind of cool you got your feet in like two worlds a mm-hmm. little bit you get to work on the archaeology that's more of your educational background but yeah. then you're learning and and meeting and working with the contemporary arts community which yeah is very similar to modern desert markings which is where we have that overlap between archaeology and preservation as well as contemporary art so i think that's really kind of cool that, that that's your your background here and, and what you get to do.
3: It's definitely, you get to learn learn a lot. Contemporary artists are always playing with materials and trying new things and then you get to, you know, you always get a new material and they're like, all right, I want to donate this. And I'm like, I don't know how to preserve that, you know, new, <laughs> new material. Um, but there's always, there's always fun, uh, you know, kind of forums, and I'm always taking, you know, extra online classes and things like that to just to kind of keep up on new procedures. And, and through those, I've also met other kind of collections managers and, and registrars who are kind of in the same position. And, you know, I'll email them and be like, hey, I have this thing made out of you know this and they'll be like oh yeah i've got one of those like you know you know there's no hope of you know keeping it for more than like five years but you know here's what you can do or they're like oh i found out that like this works or like don't do this like you think it's going to work but it's not you know (laughs) kind of things so we all we all kind of help each other because our job is to you know keep uh the pieces that are in our care care for them you know, to the best of our ability in perpetuity. That is kind of the tagline
0: of our job. So, so there's quite a network of pages <laughs> yes. across the country, across the
2: world. Yeah, it's cool. You're the behind the scenes museum people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But again, I, uh, th- that you're not just museum of art, you're so page straddles both of these worlds, but they're national as well as international.
3: Yeah, yeah. And in in kind of larger institutions, there is usually um, maybe two or three people who would be in my position. So you might have like a, one person who is a collections manager, one person who is an exhibitions manager, and another person who is like a registrar who kind of straddles a little bit of both. Um,
0: so can I guess that you're all three of those?
3: Yes I am Yeah <laughs> Yeah so I do kind of like all three um, position responsibilities for that. Yeah.
0: Oh, want to tell us about what do you have out here now? Yeah. there's there's two exhibitions. Yes one I know about.
3: One you know about yes. So the, I'll start with the one you don't know about. Good Yeah. <laughs> got two exit well we've got three exhibitions actually one of them is in our uh, window gallery which is um, actually it's kind of a a hidden little secret uh, gallery which is out on the side of the building um, on the south side of the barrack museum there is like a little window that uh, kind of sat there for a long time and we were like what is there's just a little window what is this thing we decided that we would put something in it we call it the window gallery it's accessible 24 7 because it's like outside and it's just this fun little pop-up space and right now it has a piece in it by heather Protz. Um, i think i'm saying her name correctly i hope so she is a photographer and it is part of a series that she's working on called Crowdburst. And it is, um, kind of street photography that she's doing, um, on Fremont street. This series is. And so it's a collage of pieces that she's done from the series. And then it has kind of a strip in the middle of reflective mylar so that when you when the viewer kind of stands in front of the piece you can kind of see yourself in the collage kind of a cool little piece well steve um, we're going to have to check that out yeah how we they, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We have to take a walk outside yeah with and an it's, umbrella
3: and it's it's under an awning so you won't oh, get wet Okay. yes yeah and then uh you can also check out more of her series is i think her Flickr page is uh public As well, if you're interested in more. And it's called uh, Crowdburst. Crowdburst.
0: Mm, How cool.
3: Yeah. And then the other larger exhibition that is in the galleries right now is called Am I Your Type? It is a barrack curation and it is um, exploring the use of typeface or text in artwork, just seeing how artwork, artists, incorporate kind of the written word uh in different ways in their artwork so some some works kind of have the text hidden in it in some ways for some of them it's very obvious some it's kind of incorporating poetry there's a lot of different ways to
0: and that's about that's taking about half the gallery
3: yeah yeah i'd say a little over half okay Yeah, and there's um, pieces that are—it's a mix of pieces from the barracks permanent collection, and some loaned pieces um, from local uh, Las Vegas artists, including some people that I don't think a lot of people that I—I I think people who are in the arts community here might recognize, but maybe don't know that these individuals like have an arts practice, which is really cool. For example, um, Lel Kim is um, I think a very, at least to us, a very beloved member of our arts community. Um, He and his uh, wife run a a photography print shop and they do like wonderful, like fantastic work. And I know are kind of like the go-to print shop for a lot of photographers and artists in town. Um, but Lel is also a painter. Um, and he like, I don't know if he's shown his work before. We found out that he was a painter and we were like, yeah, let's, you know, go see, you know, go see some of your work. Um, and our communications, our publications uh, editor and our director went and did a studio visit with him. And they were like, these are fantastic. And he, I guess, was very shy. And, and they were like, no, we want to, like we have a show coming up and this piece works great. We have one of his pieces in the show and he's been just like so humble throughout the whole process and like kind of very shy. I'm really excited to have people see his work and then like look at the label and be like, oh wait, like you, you paint, you paint, you know? Um, Cause it's a beautiful, beautiful
0: piece. Well, you just answered my questions because I was going to ask: is it mixed media or just photography? But you just said, yeah, it's
3: it's a painting. Yeah, so it's like it's definitely it's a completely different media than what people generally associate with him. Yeah, so I'm excited for people to see it. The other The other one, yes, is uh, Modern Desert Markings. Uh, and that is a uh, curated by your own uh, Katie Hoffman and uh, Hikmet Sidney Lowe. And um, that is a kind of an homage to Las Vegas area land art, as you guys have both been integral parts of this whole process. The show is taking five uh, Nevada land artworks and inviting 10 contemporary artists to create works in response to those pieces. Um, And uh, you all took them, these artists out into the desert and, you know, showed them these pieces. When when they could be found,
0: uh, <laughs> well, you were there that day. Yeah. We didn't exactly find it. Yeah,
3: um, I don't. I think I missed that one. Las Vegas, I, the Las Vegas I, I piece. Wasn't,
2: yeah, I wasn't at Las Vegas yeah. piece, but I went to the other on the other two site visits. Okay, mm-hmm. Las Vegas piece we found. <laughs> A tiny segment of it because it's best viewed arrow, like from the from air. The air yeah. It's grown over yeah. a bit. So that's it
0: awesome. didn't stop us from trying that.
2: Yeah, yeah. see, so, you know, the that's lot. all that matters.
0: Some of us walked a lot.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's, you know, we have the quote on the wall in the gallery, you know that seems to be Walter D. Maria's goal is that you just spend time with the artwork and, and the piece. So, I mean, even if you didn't we're totally sure that you found it, I think you might have hit the goal. You know, you spent time outside.
2: (laughs) I kept thinking that too. I was like, we did not fail in our mission. No. We actually interacted with the landscape and the work. It's not something you view and then keep walking away. It's about experiencing it in its location. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I believe that the best person to
2: experience was Nick.
3: Nicholas B. Jacobson, yeah. I think they got a lot out of it.
2: So we thought we lost Nick that day because they went off to record and do different actions out there. And so uh, luckily when I was coming back from an area, I went and, and saw them and, and was like, hey, when I honk the horn, like walk back to the trucks. And so they were able to meet us back at the car and, and seeing their exhibition out there. and in the gallery was really nice to see um, what came of that experience out there. Oh. Absolutely.
3: So parts of the video that are playing in there was from that day?
2: Yes. Oh. Yes. And it was super windy and so they incorporated that also into the video, the sounds. Yeah. And stuff of being on the landscape. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh,
0: Nick did a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah. You all took all of us out to each different site and the artists interacted with the landscape in different ways and then created their their pieces, their responses in different ways and different media. I think it's also important to note that the, the show was an open call, which we at the Barrack hadn't done before. So that was really interesting. And I know Katie, I think Katie had talked about this in her podcasts where Katie and Hickman were like, oh, we'll just get like five and like, oh, hopefully like five people, five good people apply and stuff. When we put the call out, everybody was supposed to like send applications to me and I was like collecting them and putting them, you know, in a Dropbox or whatever for everybody to then go through. And... I was and like Hickmet was kinda of checking in with me, like, okay, how many do we have? And I was like, We have a lot. And she was like, Oh, like like four? And I was like, No, like it's not even like six PM on like the the due date and I have like twenty. And she was like, What? You know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, It's artists. There's gonna like they're all gonna come in at like eleven fifty nine. Yeah, last week. You right. know? And yeah, when we got like over there was like seventy one or seventy-two applications that were just and then there was like more that came in like after there was a couple others that came in you know they were like oh i was having computer trouble or oh i thought it was the day like i thought it was today not yesterday and i was like i can't accept it because there's so many you know others like if we had only gotten like five then maybe i'd be like yeah sure we'll take it but there were so many other applications i was like no we gotta weed some out Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't make the deadline. But that was like crazy that there were so many applications. Um, And I think originally Katie and Hickman were only looking to take five. Yeah. And so they bumped it up to 10 just to help them because there were so many great applications. Yeah. Um,
0: Is that how things expanded? Because... As Rhea told me today, we only had this little hallway initially.
3: Yeah. When, yeah, because you originally gave me a call, like... Last year, year and a half. I was doing my homework. Knows. I was getting yeah, up all the people yeah. early, and, <laughs>
2: yeah. and we thought, oh, hey, we'll just do it at a library space or yeah. something small. And then I came to Spirit of the Land. Yeah, you right? came to the Spirit of the Land opening. I was like, yeah, just come see. You'll
3: see this like the hallway that I think, yeah, you know, your show would be this show would be good for and stuff and. I was like, "Oh, and the Spirit of the Land show is kind of up
2: your alley. I'll introduce you to people and, and stuff." It was amazing because I met Kim Garrison Means, who's in um, with the, is it United Catalyst? Mm-hmm. United Catalyst. Yes, I've been out to the Mystery Ranch since then and yeah. and been able to you know be inspired by the work that they've done and the work that they had here, mm-hmm. and when we had the seventy plus people, you know, respond to the call for artists. Um, we originally only had a Nevada Arts Council grant, mm-hmm. and so then I also reached out to Paige to be like, oh, okay, help me, help me. <laughs> like, should we do this humanities grant to see if we can't double the amount of funding that we have? Mm-hmm. And then there was additional donors who came through, and I really think being affiliated with the Barrick Museum made a huge difference in that, and we got a lot of support and a lot of people interested in it so
3: but definitely having you know more artists and and just the interest the the interest and you had a, a really uh, a little baby idea but it was a really good little baby idea and it just kind of grew and grew and we're like it needs more it needs more room to to grow and really blossom and so we definitely were like okay i was like i went to, you know, the rest of the team and I was like, this is this is getting bigger. You know, there's a lot of interest. We need more space. You know, the team was like, yeah, look, this sounds better and better. You know, it's growing into something. Let's give them this wall. And then what about this wall, <laughs> you
2: know? So. And I think our artists um, that did get um, to participate were glad to have that additional space. Um, if you are yeah. able to come down and and look at it they they've used the space wisely and mm-hmm. and ex- and been able to express themselves because of that yeah. additional space in a different way than they may have otherwise yeah. had to do yeah
0: absolutely, and I'm inspired by the ways that they used it. There's a lot of multimedia yes sure
3: mm-hmm.
0: and the way the walls yeah. are being used
3: mm-hmm yeah, so there's we've got photography, we've got projection, and video, and sculpture, and installation. I've got little plant babies growing.
0: Yes, we do. Yes, yes you do.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> that You could talk about that being part of your job.
3: Yeah, that is part of my job is to water the plant
2: babies. Oh, is it really?
3: Yeah, <laughs> so that we don't overwater them. I am the designated plant waterer.
2: Yeah, and knowing Paige outside of this, that is a good thing. She has a green thumb, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that will help us throughout. Because this runs until beginning of July, so like July eighth. Yeah, yeah, so you got to keep those babies alive. Mm-hmm. I want to come back in a couple months and see how they're doing. I know. Was oh, that pressure? Did
0: you just put pressure on
2: her? Yeah. Maybe just a little. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So let me go past there. So that's July, mm-hmm. and I watched you guys working today to finish up Brett and I got to help a little bit. It was so fun to help a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Get just our
2: exacto the, knives just out. Just a little
0: tiny bit, but, and thank you for that. When do you start? And you're going to laugh at me for this question. When do you start working on the next one?
3: Last month. <laughs> 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 at least, at least, kind of curators and planning and stuff like that they're already working on it
0: and as far as the the room goes because i found it interesting that you guys grew this exhibit Mm -hmm. so how does the negotiation go for competing i assume it'll be more than one exhibit Mm -hmm. how does negotiations go for wall space
3: um it's kind of flexible and, and it's something that we changed really after covid we are it it is like a a 5,000 square foot gallery space, which is very large. That, what we used to do kind of before COVID was have maybe one kind of show outside in that larger um, gallery space, and then maybe one in what we call the center gallery, like so inside the little donut that's in the center, and then one in the West gallery, that back room, and then maybe one in that hallway. So we usually, we used to break it up in that kind of space. We found that that East gallery space, that largest space was very difficult for, you, you kind of had to have a group show in there. It was really hard for a single artist to fill that space, to have enough work to fill that space unless they worked in like a huge scale. And sometimes that scale was just kind of unmanageable for what we have, like our staff. After COVID, also what we kind of wanted to do was like, how can we support as many, of, uh, um, as many artists in our community as we can? And so we really kind of chunked up the gallery and kind of gave people like a wall. And so we had like six shows at once to kind of split it up and spread spread it around a little bit. And that kind of, that worked kind of pretty well. So we've kind of kept that, maybe made the spaces a little more fluid. So it, in some ways it's something we're still kind of figuring out, but also not trying to put uh, solid rules on ourselves and kind of playing it by ear and seeing, you know, what each show kind of needs. It's just, it's always a negotiation each time.
0: Oh, I I can't even imagine.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) When Nevadans for Cultural Preservation was looking for a space and I had just talked to you and, and came in and saw the area, we had to put together a proposal, and then that was reviewed by the museum mm-hmm. folks. So to answer your question, Steve, there is kind of like a formal process too, but
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, if you, if you want to have a show, if you have an idea for a show, you can write up a proposal and submit it to the museum, and we'll review it, yeah. And the more kind of solid your idea was, like you had a very solid... <laughs> Yeah. idea of not only like the the exhibition the themes and the space needed and programming around it and everything like that that was that was good sometimes people have proposals where they just say hey i want to have a show of my stuff what does your stuff look like you know,
0: be a, be a
3: little more specific. Yeah. can you give us more details please
2: yeah and do they all run about the same amount of time is it like at, say when you had the six that were in there uh-huh. at once they all have the same like time and then you swap them out all at the same time
3: yeah generally that's that's generally what we found works
2: best for us and kind of what our staff because i know those times when they're changing that's Mm -hmm. a lot of work for you guys to take down the the previous and install the new one and and get everything all ready to go yeah something steve and i can appreciate more now that even just today which is our soft opening day coming in and different things and yep. getting the dry or the magic eraser out and get yeah. the scuffs and you know all the the fine-tuning stuff that actually yeah. goes into that and that's not even the heavy duty heavy lifting and planning and mapping and mm-hmm. and all that other work so that's awesome yeah
3: and it's partly I think because of the way we kind of chunk up the space it's hard to I think other other museums have like more kind of separate, like physically separated spaces so that if they switch out like one gallery or one space, it's easy for them to like stanchion it off and be like, this place is closed, just so, you know, so we can switch it out. And we just have like a giant open room. So it's hard to kind of police that and like stanchion one area off and be like, don't go in here. And also we have students on campus who, don't always read signs. And so if you like went to lunch and you came back, and then you have, you know, students who are on the other side of your stanchion, and you're like, um could you get out of there, please? And they're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know.
0: You are the ultimate choreographer. I tried. You're you, you 5,000 feet. <laughs> try. You, you, you mentioned your staff. Yes. And we're, so they're just wonderful people here we've mm-hmm. had a really fun time today they've accepted us and, you know, hey you're not coming into my gallery yeah uh, no. you know, we've worked with them we've joked with them and i think we're going to get them on the, the podcast here but uh, what kind of staff do you have here and do you do you have to staff up for when you're opening and closing or is there enough work for everyone
3: yeah so we have a fairly small but strong staff Um, we do hire um, and have some extra help that comes in when we're installing and deinstalling just just for some extra muscle Um, so you have met Ali um, who's been running around he's come in to help us and then we also have two others Dan Hernandez and Chris Mimpin who come in uh, and help us with install and deinstall so they our great kind of hanging team
0: it's not easy
3: no no so it's it's definitely like a skill um think about you have to have like all the skills of like a contractor but also like be very gentle and careful you know because you're handling like very expensive artwork and things like that and be very very precise and stuff chloe j bernardo who is our uh, graphic designer So all the vinyl that you guys put up today, all the labels, posters, uh, any like paint color um, that you see, like that's all designed by Chloe. Manny Muñez is here. He was the one kind of cutting the vinyl. He's been going back and forth today to the makerspace, cutting vinyl and things like that. And Leanne Huddleston is our programming manager. She was mostly up on the front desk today, um, but that's only because we've we've been open today. Um, But she gets in there and does uh, vinyl, and you know helps us out as well. It's kind of like all hands on deck when it's install, and we've also had like a couple of conferences and other programs like while we've been closed to the public, and so she's been managing those brilliantly. Like you know. Okay, you, you all can have, we had like a big, I think it was a three day, three or four day conference of like astrophysicists in the lobby and the auditorium, like while we were installing and stuff. And she was like very good with them and like making, she's like, okay, you all can stay out here, but like, you know, don't go, don't go in the gallery. There are, you know, there's a scissor lift. Yeah, no, don't go in there. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was, you know, there's chaos on both ends of the museum in different ways. Um, And then we have DK Soul, who is our publications editor, who is writing all the things, managing all of our social media, doing all of our press releases, writing and editing all of the labels, and. database entries and just any written word um, that is the voice of the barrack that is uh, DK soul.
2: Think through this whole experience for uh, us as you know this is my first time working with a gallery working with a, a museum when it comes to artwork and that kind of thing that it's it's noticeable that those who work here kind of have to be a little bit of jack of all trades and mm-hmm. flexible and able to bend because when you work with archaeologists um, it's more by the book. we all have mm-hmm. our personalities and we all have our challenges artists are known to be a little more eccentric and a little bit more potentially demanding in certain ways and and i love that everybody here has been really accommodating and kind and and working with us Uh, especially i mean katie and hickman being the co-curators this is more their world i'm popping in when i can Mm -hmm. Um, just everybody's been really really nice to work with as far as answering questions and that kind of thing
3: all of the artists have been really communicative and and great. Um, especially, you know, there's a lot of the artists. Some of the artists are local, um, but quite a few of them are from out of state, and they've been great to work with and very responsive to email. Um, so that's always, as as the exhibitions manager, that's always, you know, kind of the big thing getting them to respond and. Write back and sign paperwork and answer, answer emails and tell us, tell me how large your piece is so I can plan in the layout, you know, how much space to, to leave you for, for the layout and stuff. But they've all been great. They've all been really excited about the show and participating, and I've really loved working
2: with all of them think our project may have been a little unique in that we all got to go out into the desert together mm-hmm. and I think that really bonds people even if we're not talking much to each other which didn't happen we were all talking but just being outdoors with each other and and experiencing these beautiful landscapes makes it a little more personable and we mm-hmm. get to know each other so I think I enjoyed that as a as a participant
3: even the ones that uh, even the artists that didn't go on the same um, site visits mm-hmm. and stuff. I think Jen Erso was here kind of installing her piece, um, and then Emily Bud came to install her piece, and they hadn't gone on the same site visits. They, I was working with Jen, and she was like, is that, is that Emily? And, or I was like, that's, that's Emily. And she, and she was like, I don't know what's, what's her name on, on Instagram. And I said like, Emily's Instagram handle. And she was like, oh yeah, I follow her. Like I follow her. And then she like went up and she was like, oh, I love your stuff. It's so cool. Like, you know, cause I think on one of the emails early on, like everybody had shared their Instagram handles and all of the artists had like started to follow each other. So it was like, I don't know. They all created like this own. They're like, oh, we're all in our same little cohort of being part of the show. Um, so that's been kind of cool to see them all kind of
0: bond. The <laughs> longer we talk to you, I have like a million questions. Let me ask you this: Is there a story that sticks out for you in the gallery?
3: Oh.
0: And of course, my little mind sticks is out that in one my way. little mind is is sticks. that. That page receives a call from somebody and says, okay, we're going to deliver our art, and it's going to be a dump truck. How do we get it in? Oh, <laughs> do God. you get any crazy
2: things? I was thinking yeah. ghosts for some reason. I was like, the haunting of the work that was <laughs> here before. There's been,
3: I, you know, there's been some things. There's been some museum ghosts, but that's always been kind of creepy. Um, we used to, before we updated the locks on the doors, on the gallery doors, we used to lock the gallery doors with bike locks. Um, Cause they just had like the old gym like door handles that we just like
0: thread the bike locks through. Because it was a gym?
3: Cause it was a gym, yeah. And so we would get here, I used to work like evenings or like Saturdays on my own and stuff. And so I'd come in early and like, like eat my lunch or something before we opened the doors would be locked and then like the, the AC unit or something would move the doors and so it'd be like creepy like creaky creaky doors that kind of like breathed and so that was weird and then there's there is a door off the gallery that leads to an office that's actually part of HRC uh, because the museum is still connected to the Harry Reid Center. Sometimes you can hear people in that office talking, but because of the acoustics in the museum, like it, you can't really tell like where people are. So you'd be like sitting here and like, you know, like eating or it would be quiet or, you know, something. And you're like, I'm alone in the museum. And then you'd hear like people talking like far off hear like the breathing of the doors (laughs) or something And just like stop you're like um hello please go away don't uh i just want to uh open the museum and be okay (laughs) you know i do close the you know gallery doors at night tell the art you know good night (laughs) art you know that's
0: nice of you yeah
2: (laughs) good night art i will see you later good night art
0: Kate, speaking about art you have all this art around you that you manage, it's pages art. What, yeah. what, what is your art?
3: My art? Um, I think the closest, I don't really consider myself like a super creative, artistic person. <laughs> I think the closest I probably get is gardening and, and plant care and kind of a, a plant person, I I very much, plants and books are kind of my forte. My art might be growing my giant pothos plant and artistically uh, putting up little command hooks to put the, the vines around perimeter of the room
2: so that it looks like I live in a jungle. Well, at least you're surrounded by beautiful art every day right yes. and that you have this these changing spaces so you get to always have something new to to look forward to yeah it definitely helps me learn more
3: about you know different art and materials and perspectives and i've learned a lot about kind of my own tastes i don't think before i came here that i would have been someone who gravitates towards kind of abstract art but I, I know now that like when I purchase art for myself and for my own kind of personal collection, I'm never probably gonna buy like a portrait of someone or, or something very figurative. It's probably more going to be an abstract or like minimalist piece of art because I find that I don't get tired of looking at it. It's really those are, those are the shows that I don't get tired of or that I'm more sad to see go at the end of their run. It's the ones that are very figurative and like literal and stuff that I'm like, okay, it's time to take you down. I'm tired of looking at you. You can go on to the next location now, which is not, I think, something that uh, I would have thought of myself before working here.
0: Well, Paige, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate your hospitality. Of course. Your staff's hospitality.
2: Yeah, it's been an amazing experience and we appreciate everything that you do and, and everybody else at the Barrack as well. Yeah. A great experience. Yeah.
3: Thanks for coming down. Thanks for bringing the show here.
1: Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.